And I'm Genevieve. Welcome to Let's Adult, the podcast designed to ask the question, are we adulting yet? Join us every Tuesday where we will be discussing the trials and tribulations of adulting in the modern world. We will be sharing our personal stories of all those not-so-cute messes we've made along the way. You can find us streaming now on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. This morning I woke up, and before my eyes were even open, I reached over and grabbed my phone. My first waking thought was, check your Instagram! It seems like 15 minutes later, I reluctantly got out of bed to feed the dogs when I realized it had been three hours, you guys, three hours of checking Instagram, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. This is new for me. Before COVID-19 lockdowns, I didn't even charge my phone in my bedroom. I didn't have time to waste on any social media platforms, email accounts, or YouTube channels. I had two jobs raising two kids and trying to keep my life together. Now I have all the time in the world, and I'm wasting it online. I literally have anxiety when I pick up my phone and start searching Instagram or Pinterest, wondering what I have missed. I feel overwhelmed. It has become a mind-numbing chore, and I can't seem to stop doing it. The worst part is, I don't even feel like I can hide my phone away from myself, because my phone is busy tracking my steps or helping me feel safe in case of emergency. I have become 100% dependent on my phone. Yikes. Yeah. That's terrifying. I know. When did this happen? Why did this happen? I don't know, but I will tell you that this is a cry for help. I am disgusted by the idea of taking your phone to the bathroom and using it while you use the po- the, to- the toilet. The toilet. The potty. Yeah. The potty. I feel like I-, I try not to be a judgmental person, but I am really fucking judgmental when I see somebody take a phone into a bathroom. Gross. And guess who is now taking their phone <laughs> into the bathroom? Me. I mean, it's, it is disgusting. There are far more disgusting things that you touch or do with your phone nearby or in your hand anyway. And I guess I'll, I'll argue that we're in an electronic world now. So where you used to take magazines or something into the bathroom, your phone is your magazine now. So it's not like it's a new concept that you want some form of entertainment while you're doing like your morning kids off at the pool routine. But, <laughs> you know, it's new that it's now on a handheld computer Instead of like the newspaper or something. Right. That you put up to your mouth. Like you don't put your magazine up to your mouth. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, I guess that's where. (laughs) It's not resting on your face. Right. And there's no way. I mean, let's get real here because we're all adults. So we can talk about poop. Yeah. It's obviously. Right. There's no way to handle your phone, set it down, wipe yourself, pick up your phone and then go wash your hands. You have to go wash your hands and then come pick up your phone. Meanwhile, your phone is sitting on. Well, for me, my toilet paper holder roller thing, mm-hmm. which is inches away from the poop. And I'm I'm assuming that, I mean, maybe I'm... Are you worried first. about like aerosoled poop particles? I don't I, understand. I don't know what I'm, what I'm worried about is the, the idea. Here's where it, what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Stomach flu is caused, and correct me if I'm wrong, since you're the medical expert in my life, but... My understanding is that the stomach flu is caused by bacteria that you pick up from poop. I, I mean, it's all an uh, indigestion thing. Um, so, yes, I mean, there could be 
bacteria and poop from someone else. Um, but stomach flu can also be like food poison. It's kind of a large umbrella term. Essentially what's happening is bacteria and or parasites that aren't supposed to be in your digestive system are getting into your digestive system and your body goes into complete revolt. Uh, hence explosive diarrhea. But you're right. So you're right to think, yeah, that now if you are touching your phone, but you would have had to have, uh, you would have had to have the like stomach flu to give yourself the stomach flu. Does that make sense? Well, I, yeah, I understand. But I mean, like, there's a reason we dispose of human waste the way that we dispose of it. Like, it is toxic. It's the toxins in our body that are being disposed of. And we really society- can. I just can I just blow your mind really quickly. Please. I mean, just on the level of grossness that you're talking about, minor, minute, small, small potatoes. So we don't dispose of of waste as well as you think that we do. It all goes into a very large water system that the city then sterilizes um, and then returns to you. So the water you're drinking from your faucet did have other humans' poo particles in it that have been boiled, sifted, filtered, what have you. This became just glaringly apparent when I moved here and started my program and realized that as we do dissections with the cadavers, these are dead human remains, we wash all of these things, including a garbage disposal of tissue down the sink that then goes to the city water filtration system, and we later consume at our own homes down the street within the same city. I don't think taking your phone to the bathroom is really that high up there. I mean, (laughs) thank God our city water systems are very good. We use a lot of science behind what qualifies as clean water. It goes through a whole bunch of things um, and tests and uh, different level measurements um, in order to pass. But much like that, uh, (laughs) what is the government regulation for soda cans are allowed to have like no more than two pieces of rat feces on it to pass inspection. Um, That's kind of what our water system is like. We, uh, as people who are in the water system or doing the actual filtration and cleaning, it's allowed to be X percent of gross in order for it to be ready for human consumption. So technically you are already consuming things that you don't want to. I'm so sorry. We are talking about phones. <laughs> just letting you know. Oh my God. Uh, I'm just okay. letting you know. Thank you. These, these are the facts people. Thank you very much. Yep. Um, I, I do depend on you for these kind of things. <laughs> these perspective things, this like, yeah, this is not as bad as you think it is. I think you should be more worried about drinking water from the tap than you are about taking your phone into the bathroom. My main point here, Genevieve, is that it's gross to take your, your phone into the toilet with you. And okay. I have become my own worst nightmare, which is the person who can't do anything without checking her phone including driving down the street. The other day I was driving down the street and I kept looking at my phone. It's on one of those things, you know, attached to the car. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and originally I did that for navigation purposes because as you know, I like to take road trips and it's really convenient to have that system like right there. But now what I use it for is constantly keeping the phone on. Like I don't even want the screen to go black. Oh, that's bad. I know. That's really this, bad. I know. So this is my cry for help. My cry for help is this needs to end. 
Yeah, I, we need to get rid of your phone. How do we get rid of it? I don't know, because like I said, it counts my steps, and I'm worried about breaking you down on the side of the road. Well, we could always get uh, those, you know, Apple Watches. Well, don't do the Apple Watch, because then you're going to be looking at it all the time. But counting your steps, like get the little pedometer or whatever. And as far as safety goes, I'm sure you could figure something. I mean, how much is your phone really saving you in a safety situation? Not very much. Not enough to warrant this kind of this kind of craziness. It's crazy. I have lost my mind. So I, I, because of all this, I went back to plugging my phone in, in a different room to charge at night, which mm-hmm. caused me so much anxiety. I will tell you in the beginning, I was like, how am I going to go to sleep? I have nothing to look at. Oh no. I just have to, I just have to sit with my thoughts. This is ridiculous. Right. So then I started looking into, you know, how much, what, what is it about the phone that is so addictive? Because Every generation has something that has destroyed them, right? And when books first came out, not that when books first came out, that's a silly statement. In the uh, 19th century, when when young adults, fan fiction type of stuff, was, yeah. you know, being written about, um, the kids, that generation, you know, was being destroyed with their faces in a book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the radio was destroying people. And then the TV was destroying people. And then video games in my generation, the video games were going to destroy America. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's the phone and the internet. And it's always going to be something, you know, to destroying our brains. And I'm pretty curious about this. You know, it's, it, is it destroying our brains? Is it making us less emotionally attached to the real world? Is it saving us during this pandemic? Because if we didn't have it, we would be literally isolated. I mean, at least we have something. I right? We've had pandemics before without cell phones in existence. <laughs> I think right. we'd be just fine. <laughs> I, think that is, I think that is your addict brain trying to justify your use. Yeah. Um, no, I absolutely not. We definitely don't need the phone for that. Um, there is lots of science behind um, a number of phone components. So it really depends on what aspect of the phone that you're talking about. The internet has certainly created a uh, social component, um, particularly around isolation, self-worth and validation, how oh, yeah. individuals perceive their own self-worth, how they perceive and build friendships, relationships, connectivity um, and connectedness to their own communities. All of this has been heavily researched uh, and we still haven't even scratched the surface of really what the internet and social media specifically is doing to our brains and the way that we develop as children. And even as adults who didn't grow up in a social media world, how we are now uh, able or not able to communicate with others. Um, There's a very scientific look at just the instant gratification, the fact that um, your phone is very instantaneous. How frustrated do we get when you start touching things on your screen and they don't move as fast as you are touching them? Or accidentally it hits a button, but you were already three steps ahead and it's moving too slow for you. Um, so frustrating, right? I, I'm, pretty, yeah. I'm not the only one who does that, right? Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lose my mind every time. 
Yes. So there's this uh, very kind of specific component about gratification and instant gratification specifically that we've been able to link to actual substance abuse. Um, what we know about chemical dependency is that it affects the hindbrain and that's kind of the fight, fuck, you know, survive hindbrain. Um, and the quicker gratification comes or the more instantaneous something is, the more addictive it is or the, the higher addictive qualities that it has. Um, and that then later conditions your brain to be unable to tolerate low kind of response, a slow response and, and slow gratification. You know, even in the best of circumstances, People find it really hard to put in the work and wait for an outcome. Weight loss is a perfect example. Our society is just hell-bent on this idea of instant instant weight loss. You can take this pill, you're going to drop pounds like that. Because we've been conditioned and now cell phones and technology have just kind of reinforced this and solidified this idea that we're just too impatient. We just can't wait that long to get to the, it's not worth it. If I can't see the results within 24 hours, my attention span is gone. And we have cell phones to thank for that. Absolutely. That and missing out on stuff. I, I didn't think that that was a real thing. Um, the fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. And I certainly didn't think that it applied to me. Yeah. But if I'm honest with myself, it absolutely applies to me because I have been caught up in uh, like Instagram shopping has become, I don't want to say an issue for me because mm. it hasn't affected my finances, but I, I was so, okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to confess something right now that I'm a, a bit ashamed of. I was following this person who makes incredible pottery and she would have this launch or she would call it an update. Like once every three months, she would update her website and all of her pottery would go up there and it would be sold out in like three minutes. And while I was on my road trip last September, she had an update and there was something in the update that I really, really wanted. I was following it. I was obsessing over it. I wanted it. I saved up money for it. And I had decided that it was already mine the universe was going to grant me this, this mug. <laughs> and I, I like arranged my trip so that I would be somewhere where there was service at the time of the launch so that I could purchase it immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. I pull over, I, I get online, I have service, I'm ready. I'm sitting there waiting with my finger on the button, ready to purchase this mug. And somebody got it before me because they mm -hmm. either had quicker service or there was something happened where they were able to purchase this mug before me. And I had a legitimate fucking breakdown, like crying. I was so upset that I didn't get this mug, like a four-year-old in a candy store. Wow. And while I was crying and being upset about this, I was also ashamed of myself through this whole process. And I was so upset that I, I, I went as far as like, unfollowing this person because I didn't even want to be reminded of the idea uh -huh. that I had lost this prized mug. Yeah. Now I don't know what that's about, but that is not me. That is not who I am. And I, I, I want to blame someone or something for this reaction and this, you know, what happened to me in that mm -hmm. dark parking lot at the border of Nevada and Utah. I, I want, I want this to be somebody else's fault because it's so in my mind, so shameful. 
Um, I, I can't give you somebody else. I, I can kind of offer the, the psychological viewpoint of um, knowing that when people are in moments of strife and uncertain times, um, we've talked a lot on our podcast, so it's it's no secret to our listeners that you have been very emotionally invested in kind of the political climate, our society, the things that are going on right now. Um and just like a food addiction, which we've also talked about, um, a sense of control is established when we focus on something non-related to the stressors in our life. And up until that point, you are within your control. You were saving money for an item within your control. You were following the person you needed to within your control. It was all very systematic. It was all something that you could obsess over and start your day with and distract your mind from all of those other stressors. And when that one piece did not fall in place, it was not the upsetting, I didn't get this item. It was, my life is over. Everything is ruined. (laughs) (laughs) The world is crumbling because you had placed so much importance on that insignificant, seemingly insignificant, just kind of arbitrary, you know, online purchase, but it carried the weight of all of your other emotional stressors throughout your life. And of course, I'm not telling you this. This is my speculation. I have no idea. But, you know, knowing knowing how a lot of people deal with stress and and myself included, um, anyone who knows me knows that I am very good about talking about other people's problems because, it takes a spotlight off of my own problems. And I really like helping people with their problems. So it, again, forces me to not look at my own problems. So we get to focus on you. It's great. (laughs) We get to, you know, that whole like, how are you? Oh, I'm good. And then I just say some like silly, whatever sentence thing. And then immediately, how are you doing? And then I just let the floodgates go because it's so much easier to listen to what's going on in their life than to have to explain what's going on in mine. I think you explained that perfectly. And I completely relate to that. Yeah. That, I mean, the whole reason I was on that trip was I was running away from yeah. life. I mean, yeah. I, I went to mountains that had no service for a reason mm-hmm. because I didn't want to have to follow the political BS and right. everything else that was happening in our world. I wanted to, to disconnect. So that's, yeah. Thank you for explaining that to me. I probably should have come forward with that sooner so I didn't have to carry it around with me for six months. Yeah, obviously. Goodness gracious. We should have been it talking was, about this a while ago. It was just so embarrassing. I, you know, like, and I don't know if that's the, the isolated instance you're talking about when you mention this uh, fear of not being involved or fear, fear of um, being left out. I, I can't, I can't share in that because I've never experienced that. So You'll have to go into more detail. Was that the instance you were talking yeah, about, or I mean, is that all of it? Well, that's like the crescendo of it. That was okay. like the most feeling of I've missed out on this one. I this see one mug. Yeah, but the the idea that you you turn on your Instagram, turn it on, you check in, you download whatever I don't, you open whatever the kitties are doing these days. Whatever those <laughs> the youths are doing. Uh, <laughs> You open your your Instagram account, mm-hmm. and I feel the need to scroll until it tells me that I'm caught up. Really? Which, yeah, which is not even a real thing because it's constantly updating. Constantly right? updating. And it's only showing you what it thinks you want to see based on 
some weird algorithm. Absolutely. So yeah. There are people that I want to see and I have to go seek them out because they're not in my feed. And yep. what I'm realizing is what's really what's mostly in my feed is advertising. And yes. So yeah. I have to like yeah. scroll through the advertising to find what I'm looking for. And then I realize I don't even know what the fuck I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm just trying to stay up to date, I guess, or trying to stay caught up. And if I see something and somebody's like, Hey, reach out to me in the next 15 minutes because whatever might happen or I have something or you get a free sticker. I mean, like this is not how my mind works normally, but today I want the free sticker. Why? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to put it on. I have nothing <laughs> to put it on, but it's like, Oh my God, I need to respond in 15 minutes or I, I'm going to miss the free sticker. Like I'm some sort of, you know, eighth grader collecting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think I have only, uh, ever reached that your completely updated point, um, once, and this was back when Instagram was still in the early stages where it was literally just a chronological listing of events. It wasn't algorithmed yet. It didn't have advertisements yet. It didn't like map out a mathematical approach to which posts would be most appealing to you and order them that way. Uh, so I've only reached the the bottom, if you will, probably one time many, many years ago. And it was because I was looking at Instagram and scrolling through and then put my phone down and realized I still had more time to kill, picked it back up. It had refreshed, right? It had done its refreshing. And I had scrolled through everything that had just refreshed in the last 30 minutes. And I was caught up. Boom. It's probably the only time I've ever reached that point. Now, the thought of seeing everything on anyone's feed doesn't even cross my mind because it's not even tangible. It's not even a realistic. I follow so many people. It's pathetic. But my purpose for Instagram is entirely, exclusively, and solely to kill time for me. I don't use it to catch up with friends. I don't use it to see what people are up to or doing. Or it is That is why it's predominantly food, dachshunds, and adventure things. And it's literally just pretty pictures. And that is what I use it for. So if you were to look at my Instagram, I think I'm following something like 1500 people. 40 are probably following me. You know, it's something like really yeah. ridiculous, but that's because I'm not, that's not what I'm using Instagram for. I'm using it to kill time. And it's just, uh, I need some kind of a visual something or other. And maybe my brain isn't uh, in a place where it wants to actually read. So I don't want to go seek out an article. So I'll just look at pictures. It's like flipping through a magazine. Yeah. Which, which is a great place for me to segue into career or time killer. Yes. Because yeah. social media has a place, especially for people like us with a podcast. Like we can't, right. we can't succeed without social media yeah. in our podcasts. Right. And so for our career as podcasters, we need to be part of the problem. Yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah. Because that creates a paycheck for us. Right. Like if we stop posting on Instagram, we drop out of the algorithm and people no longer are aware of us. And I, and that is where some of my anxiety comes from. Like I, I've done research on when to post, what to post, how to post, in order to fall into people's algorithms so that mm -hmm. they can stay connected to us. So they, they know when our podcasts happen because yeah. the algorithms, like we get paid based on how many people listen to us. 
And it goes down even further, like how long people listen to us. If people cut out early, if they listen to the whole episode, how long the episode is, Mm -hmm. there's all these different types of little things that contribute to how we make money being a podcaster. Now, of course Mm -hmm. you and I did not sign up for this podcast to make money. This is not our career. You're not paying a hundred thousand dollars to be a podcaster. You're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're going to school and getting a master's degree so that you can be in the medical field and help people. Um, I have my own career. This is, this is a backup. It's not even a backup plan. This is just for fun. This is just two friends talking about adulting. Mm -hmm. These, this, the advantage to being successful in that is that we also have an opportunity to be paid, but the only way to do that is to be connected to social media, which is causing people anxiety. It's causing people to waste their day and their time being caught up in this circle of catching up with feeds and missing out and anxiety ridden, whatever. So it's like, (laughs) we're part of the problem. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) when I, when I wrote that down, the podcast was not even on my, that's not what I intended for career platform. Um, I remember your, your first kind of introduction and interest in social media was, was one day I was getting my hair cut and you were just talking about how you had recently gone to a class and that when you were taking the pictures of my hair, it had to be at the same, you know, place with the same background and the same. So when I wrote this immediately, I thought of your, your hair specifically, Mm -hmm. um, not your hair, but your career (laughs) in doing other people's hair. Um, yeah, I mean the podcast, you know, we've, we've had this discussion even when we first started it. I absolutely hate that idea of Mm -hmm. having to do an algorithm and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I never want that to be a stressor on anyone, including you. Um, but I guess that's where my, my kind of comments of, you know, we have to delineate why people are using social media before you make the commitment to do a social media break, which is probably healthy for everyone, right? We're clearly in agreement that you've, you're getting to a point where this is not probably so healthy for you. So, you know, breaks yeah, are I'm, good. <laughs> I'm past that point. I'm yeah. <laughs> but we've got to kind of acknowledge, are you using it just as a means for a time killer? And that's, you know, getting out of hand or is it crucial and vital to your survival? Yeah. And for me, it is. I mean, it's, it's, oh, did the dog just bump the mic? It wasn't any louder than it's been throughout. Oh, the, great. It's- oh, great. <laughs> okay. So um, for me, it is crucial because uh, I'm a hair stylist and makeup artist. And when I'm either seeking out new clients or I have, uh, you know, producers or people in that industry who want to see my work, the best way for them to see it, the quickest way for them to see it is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I used to have a really beautiful uh, Instagram account that was full of my work. And it was great to be able to say, yeah, just find me on Instagram. And I got a lot of jobs from it. But like I said before, it had to be, it couldn't just be a bunch of pictures of people's hair. Like it had to be formatted in a way that, that it was appealing to the masses right? So it was a very professional page. It is no longer that way because it's, you know, COVID and I haven't really been working. 
Um, so I, I don't really have anything to post and everything that I have been posting has been very personal. Mm. So I, I can't even say that my business page is a business page anymore, but before COVID it absolutely was essential to me making money. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that might be what opens the door to this rabbit hole of knowing the algorithms and knowing how important it is to get your content out there and see other people's content, because now this is becoming a networking platform and a way for people to progress their careers and reach out to potential, you know, co coworkers or future investors or um, equals and, and people who will reciprocate this progression and development of your skill and your exposure. Um, and I can't say that I ever have had experience with that. I, that's never been my reason for Instagram. It's never been my reason for social media in general. Uh, I really have not had a Facebook ever since uh, privacy issues became a concern of mine. And I, you know, with Facebook, you absolutely have to have your name attached to it. Uh, so I got rid of it. And that was just wasn't something that was part of my life for a long time. Uh, so Instagram was the only thing. And I loved Instagram for that reason, at least when it was initially created, that it was just pictures. People didn't really do a whole lot of words. Hashtagging wasn't quite what it is now, back when Instagram first started. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely does feel like it has taken on a life of its own and become this, you know, dark creature of the Black Lagoon that is scaring our society members into whatever actions and behaviors that people are doing. Yeah. And that's a really interesting thing that you just brought up as, as far as privacy is concerned, because um, I'm just learning this now about how we sign away our privacy within the first second of opening up a Twitter or a Facebook mm -hmm. or whatever. It's like, you know, do you authorize Facebook to have access to all of your information? And people, including myself, are like, yes, go ahead, whatever. I don't care mm -hmm. until, and, and that doesn't become apparent to you until somebody then puts your privacy or your life at risk by, you know, intruding in yeah. that. Um, and that, I don't think that that's necessarily a separate topic because I think that that's a really important aspect to social media. And maybe one of the reasons why, I've never expanded past um, Instagram. I don't have a personal Facebook. I don't have a Twitter account. I don't really understand the purpose of Twitter. Mm -mm. I certainly don't have um, Snapchat or uh, TikTok or any of those other things for a couple of reasons. One, I don't want my personal information out and I, I work really hard at keeping it private. Not hard enough, apparently, but I do really try to keep my information private and um, I just don't want it. I don't want it out there. But then the other reason is because I don't want to be sucked into needing to keep up with stuff. And I feel that already with Instagram and I don't want to have to then keep up with Twitter and then keep up with the other shit that people are doing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Anymore, it's all kind of one. I mean, Instagram, you can post to Instagram and Facebook at the same time. So a lot of times, especially if you're following an uh, quote influencer, chances are, if you're seeing it on Instagram, there's a mirror image of it on Facebook, on Twitter, on, yeah. you know, whatever it is. So 
you already are sucked into all of those other things without even realizing it. Just by having Instagram, you're already now interconnected through this social media beast to all of those other platforms. Yeah. I mean, we do that as a podcast. Every time I post on Instagram, it directly posts to our Facebook page. And the reason that I set it up that way is because there's a lot of people who choose either Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. And that's the other trap you get into from the business perspective is like, you're trying to get the word out to as many people as possible on as many platforms as possible. So that you can be as, as, as exposed as possible. I don't personally need to do that with my hair industry. Like Mm -hmm. nobody cares about my hair Twitter. Like that's not a thing, but Facebook and Instagram is absolutely, or it was before COVID. (laughs) Yeah. It might be again after COVID. I don't really know, but. Yeah. I I mean, you're kind of halfway in between, uh, you know, not doing it as a career for your chosen career. Sounds like, you know, we, we know you're, you're the tech like social person for the podcast. Sounds like that's definitely playing into it, but you know, checking your phone first thing in the morning and then three hours of your time completely disappearing is not just a career thing, right? Like that's, it's evolved into something else. So, you know, the whole privacy as far as protecting your identity, um, people can be as intentional and thoughtful as they want to about that. Um, But the unfortunate reality is that there's really not a way to ever protect your identity. You know, we used to fear, or at least uh, the religious people used to fear this this concept of like a you're, you'll have the mark of the beast, right? And then that got uh, taken into we'll all get barcoded, right, as individuals. And then as technology grew, it was oh, one day we'll all be microchipped. We don't have to get microchipped anymore, you guys. You're holding the microchip in your hand. It has everything about you. It has where you live, where you go. Every time you're carrying it with you, your geographic location is getting logged and then used in algorithms to advertise things to you, to pop up what's nearby, what's local. Your Google will start uh, offering, you know, oh, is this home? Do you want to start adding this to your GPS route as home, as work, as fill in the blank, whatever you continually to revisit on a geographical pin, it will start honing in on it. Um, so it's not just social media as a platform of, of privacy or lack thereof. It's the actual phone. So I would argue it's not just time to put down social media, but put down the whole cell phone. Leave it at home <laughs> next time you go to the grocery store. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And as you were talking, I was trying to think about... I mean, we, we spoke in the, the car episode about my fear of breaking down. Mm-hmm. And it's a legitimate debilitating fear. Like if I hear something clicking in the car, I have a full-on panic attack. As you were just talking about putting the phone down, I realized that I could probably go to the phone store. I don't even know. Oh, the phone store, the phone store and get like one of those throwaway phones. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the, yeah. the little flip called? phones or something. A little, a little flip They're phone. usually on cricket accounts, like the little prepaid. Here's your, you know, and it's all done by minutes. So you just have so many minutes. You could do that as a emergency phone. Yeah. I don't even think you need to do that because I think every phone you can push nine one one whether you have a um, oh yeah that's a good point or not yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I know a lot of uh, phones 
when you recycle them or whatever, and you can't, you can't do anything with them anymore. They'll be given to like homeless people yeah, that need the nine one one dial option. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think you could just get a phone, like a little flip phone and put it in your car. And if there's an emergency, you just dial nine one one and then you could leave your regular phone at home. Right. Yeah. Hey. I don't see why not. Are you going to be able to do that though? I mean, it says here, look, overuse um, can be compared to gambling. And would you like to hear the definition of what overuse is? Because you may, unfortunately, be qualifying. Oh, I'm already there. I fully admit, I don't even need to hear it. I think we should hear it just so the people can hear it. But I know that I'm already there. Like, my phone alerts me. You've been on the phone for too long. You need to get up and start walking around. Wow. I get it. Uh, cell phone overuse is characterized by a loss of sense of time. Does that sound familiar? I think your opening <laughs> statement actually started that way. Yes. Yes. And when so I look up and it's dark outside and I didn't realize that the sun had gone down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then that whole withdrawal, remember you were talking about charging it in another room. Did you feel angry, tension, depression, irritability, restlessness? Yes. These are, these are all symptoms of phone withdrawal, and it's a legit thing. The the psychologists and the researchers of the world are really trying. They're actually trying to put this into the DSM. It's not quite there yet, but they are trying to put cell phone overuse and cell phone addiction into the diagnostic manual. That's crazy, guys. That's a legitimate That's psychological diagnosis that you then could potentially get treatment for, and your insurance company will cover. That's insane. Yeah. And I don't really want treatment for it, which is also a sign. Of also being, addicted. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I don't, want, I don't I have don't a problem. I can quit anytime I want. <laughs> I can. I can. Oh, uh, well, in addition to the privacy thing, putting down your phone is good for so many reasons. I'm just going to give you a couple of those. Uh, but for me, this is the one that comes up the most. And this is probably what keeps me from having a phone addiction. But it's digital eye strain. Um, I already have dry eyes and I have chronic headaches um, that border on migraines. So the fact that I already have to look at a computer screen for anywhere from four to eight hours a day because now school is conducted virtually on Zoom sessions, the last thing I want to do is sit down and look at my cell phone. And I, I have been able to recognize a marked difference between my cell phone use uh, pre-COVID and post-COVID. Now, see, we flip-flopped. You're using it more after COVID because what else do you have to do? But I've used it a, a ton less because I'm already forced to look at a computer screen for so long that the last thing I want to do is pick up my cell phone. So going through Instagram, I always have good intentions and I think, all right, I'm going to check out what it is. I get like four feeds down and my eyes go cross-eyed. I'm like, yeah, I'll just watch TV. It's fine. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Well, then there's a whole industry around it as well. Like all of the blue frame glass or mm-hmm. blue lens glasses. Yep. I mean, they're constantly being um, advertised to me on my Instagram account. Oh, how ironic. Yeah. And uh, now you can get them in your prescription. Yes, I have them. It. Yep. So they're blue light reflection or blue light um, refractory. So it, it takes out the blue light from images that come through your glasses because the blue light is actually the thing that is messing with your eyes. And this is, again, very scientific and very, very valid. Um, 
Blue is an exciting, uh, an excitatory uh, neuroreceptor. So when your brain interprets that blue light, it throws off your circadia. That's your sleep rhythm or your sleep cycle. Um, it goes into all of your other kind of fight or flight systems gets you your brain more active so it's harder to fall asleep and it's just a harsher color for your your eyes to actually process so in addition to not getting very good sleep your acuity and your vision in general will deteriorate the more blue light you're exposed to how fun i know put down the phone see telling you um most people don't realize this one that I will tell you about phone use. But as soon as I say it, you're all going to realize, oh my God, I totally have that. Uh, neck pain, muscle pain in general is a really big problem for cell phone users. At the time I was uh, with someone and he would always complain of neck pain. Now he works from home. He's looking at a computer screen all the time. He got the most expensive ergonomic stand sit contraption. And I even did an ergonomic assessment on him, make sure that his monitor is at eye level and his neck is in neutral and everything's aligned the way it's supposed to. All of that came to nothing when I walked in on him on his cell phone one day and realized that's how he was spending 80% of his day sitting with his phone in his hand and his head bent forward, chin to chest. And when your, when your neck has to hold your head like that, it is a lot, a lot of strain. Our muscles are not built to hold your head in that position. Yeah, that's me. And doing it in bed too. Yes. <laughs> doing it in bed. Yeah. No, being in bed while on your phone or computer mm -hmm. has on multiple occasions left me with some sort of kink in my neck or back for days. Yep. Yeah. Days. And that's uh, not to mention <laughs> that, you know, infrequent cell phone drop on your face. Uh, Cause yeah. I definitely have done that. Yeah. I don't know what it is about holding my phone. I don't know. Like I, my neck hurts. So I want to keep it in neutral. So you try to lay back on the pillow. So then you hold the phone like directly above your face, but somehow it falls. That's probably why those little poppers, the little back, the finger things were invented. Yeah. yeah. I don't have one of those. So. I don't have one of those either. You know, what hurts me the most is my, are my thumbs. My really? Thumbs. Yeah. Just from like stretching across and you're scrolling the scrolling. Yeah. And my daughter, who's only 19 years old, she her thumbs pop because of the... I'm assuming. I'm not a doctor. Hmm. But the mom in me says it's because she's been scrolling for the last 10 years of her life. This is very... I'm actually going to write this down later. This is a potential research subject. As, a, as an occupational therapist, one of the things that a lot of them focus on are hands, hands and upper extremity, and conditions of the hand. We could be onto something here with this generation uh, yeah. developing yeah. arthritis a lot faster than generations in the past. Some sort of tendonitis something yeah. in your thumb. Interesting. Yeah. I like yep. this idea. Yep. I know I know it's time to stop scrolling when my thumbs hurt. Now do I stop? I'm not going to admit or deny it. <laughs> but you know, you recognize it. I recognize it's time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I wish that I got that far. And my eyes and my brain hurt way before my thumbs hurt. I really can't spend, I think the only time I'll spend more than an hour on my phone is if I fall down the TikTok hole. 
Oh my God. Yes. I have tried very hard to avoid TikTok. I really have. But just like I said before, all of these things are interconnected. And now Instagram will create a little section as you're strolling through your feed of TikToks that you can kind of dive into. And dang it, if I don't take the bait and then an hour later, I'm telling myself, you just need to go to sleep. Oh yeah. Or like 12 hours later. I've never (laughs) spent Like I've stopped sleeping. There's a couple of times where either a really great Netflix thing will come on and I'll have to watch it all the way through. And Mm -hmm. so I just, you know, and before COVID, I could not do this, right? I could not do this because I had to wake up and go do something. Well, now I don't have to wake up. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I can spend all night watching this Netflix, whatever, and then I'll just sleep in tomorrow. Same thing with the TikToks. I get down these, these rabbit holes of just craziness. It's just crap. Can we be honest here for a second? TikTok is just crap. Honestly, there's a point at which I get to and I have to remind myself that I have heard the same song at least 20 different times in 20 different videos. And the dances? And the dances are, yes. And I somehow I still keep watching. Why am I watching again? I don't need to watch the same thing done by a different person over and over. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Hopefully I will get out of that phase very soon. I had a That's- TikTok song stuck in my head uh, the other day. And it was that, I, I don't remember what it is now. And I'm not even going to try to remember because I don't want to stuck in my head again. But it's the song that plays for every single one of those, like, cry ones where, yeah. you know, dad's coming home from the military. Oh, or God. Yeah. Whatever the dog is saved by the duck right. or whatever it is. And it's that, that one mm-hmm. melodramatic song. It was yeah. stuck in my fucking head for, like, two days. <laughs> I have been having TikTok songs stuck in my head because they, like we said, we they just keep reusing the same ones. So the, like, strong man one is really popular right now. So that keeps getting stuck. I don't know. They're all just bullshit. I hate it. Whoever invented it is both the devil and a genius. It's just yeah. not, it's not fair. Okay. We, we're human. We're weak. We, we succumb to temptation. Stop allowing us to waste our lives away with pre, you know, uh, choreographed dance moves by teenagers. Stupid. That's the other thing. I'm a 30 year old individual. Why am I watching a 14 year old trying to twerk in her bedroom when mom's probably like down the, this is stupid. I hate TikTok so much. If you can't well, tell. Yeah, and why am I the 42-year-old mom down the hall who's also trying to learn to dance? <laughs> well, That's not a more important question. <laughs> I'm like, Sophia, let's do it. Let's learn it together. It'd be amazing. Now, I don't want to record myself doing this because I have more, uh, I don't know, pride than that. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, there's this thing where it's like, I think I could do that. I was a cheerleader once a million years ago. Right. I could do yeah. this. I know. See? It's so deceivingly addictive. It just, just ekes its way into your world. All right. I have a confession. I just looked at your notes and this next bullet point Mm -hmm. is bringing us full circle from the beginning of our conversation. I know. I know. Phones are gross. They're so gross. They're so gross. So gross. And they're probably gross because people are taking them to the bathroom. Well, they're gross for for all of the reasons. Setting them on the back of the toilet. They're, they go everywhere. They touch everything. So when we're talking about COVID, this is really why I put this bullet point in there, because I cannot tell you how moronic society is when it comes to um, infection control. I mean, obviously, people don't even know how to wear masks, right? Because they keep putting them below their nose, whatever. It goes as far as the cell phone, though. If you are talking on your cell phone, 
inches away from your mouth, inches away from sputum and all of the respiratory molecules that you are breathing onto your phone all the time when you're talking. Why aren't you wiping your phone down just as much as you're wiping it? What are you, you're going to sanitize your hands and then pick up that nasty phone you just used the whole time? You carried it through the entire grocery store where other people were breathing. You talked to them, you touched all the things in the grocery store, then you picked up your phone, you looked at that recipe that you were grabbing ingredients for, touch, touch, phone, touch, touch, danger, danger, phone, touch, touch, danger, phone. And then you go to your car and then you sanitize your hands but you don't sanitize your phone. And now you bring it right back into the house with you. You talk on it and tell your sister, your mother, your brother, whoever, all about this experience. Did you see this jackass wearing the mask the way that he did in the grocery store? Meanwhile, you're contributing to the problem, bringing the germs right back into your own home. See, yeah. stupid. And how many times do we pass our phones off to somebody? Oh my God. Looking for right? things. Yeah. And then they grab it and they're scrolling and they're touching. and Ugh. Yeah. They're really. disgusting. Phones are the most disgusting things that we possess. Yes. They do have more uh, bacteria on them than a public toilet seat. I have heard that statistic several times. Because people just don't think to clean it for whatever reason. But it is the highest contact surface in your home. That's the thing that you yeah. touch the most. Yeah. And put to your mouth, like and I said before. Oh, disgusting. So gross. So gross. <laughs> I love this conversation. All right. So we already talked about the lack of sleep. This is really coming uh, mostly from the blue light that I've already talked about. It's also coming from TikTok black holes, rabbit holes. We've talked about that. Um, and then it also gets connected back to that instant gratification, hind brain stimuli that, that happens um, as you're scrolling through TikToks that are already 30 seconds or less. And now you're going through them at the speed of, you know, ludicrous speed, um, hyperdrive. Your brain is just getting far too excited and it's going to be that much harder to wind down for the night. Um, but that does stem perfectly into my last bullet point and reason why you should put down the phone and that's anxiety. And that does bring everything full circle again, because Sonia, you were talking about how anxious this entire thing makes you. And here it is. This is it. Cell phones it's need not, to go away. <laughs> it's not just me. It's, it's not just you. I, Everything is at our fingertips. You know, gone are the days when we can hide from those social pressures. I mean, look at here you went on a road trip to do very that that very thing, but you brought your cell phone with you. That was your first mistake. For safety reasons. Right. And to buy the mug. And to buy the mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this all of those which I can barely even remember what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how sad this is. <sighs> But now our cell phones are just a direct extension of our arm for us to access all of those anxiety triggers. Mm -hmm. Body image insecurities is my very first topic. Would oh, you like God. to dive into that? Anxiety oh. of cell phone use as it relates to body image insecurity. Yeah, I, you know, I do, you know, I want to dive into this one, um, but I'm going to do it in a different, I'm going to go in a different direction. Let's do it. There have been, there has been a large push from Instagram, um, influencers mm -hmm. to break the stigma or break the pattern or break the whatever. And they're doing this thing now where they're like Instagram reality. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this? Where it's like the Instagram shot. And then they even show you, like I pushed my hips out this way and I turned my side this way and I angled the camera up here and I mm -hmm. took the shot and it makes me look like 
you know, a Kardashian and then they stand normally Mm -hmm. and they look like the rest of us. Right. There's also this large push about, um, making mom's bodies or normalizing mom bodies, Mm -hmm. which of course I love because I have a mom body. Um, but the fact that, you know, you carry a, a child in you and everything gets all stretched out and then it just never really hangs correctly again and, or, or goes back to place again. And this has nothing to do with fat versus thin. Like I have a friend who I, I would, I would guess that she's not even 120 pounds. And we were having this conversation about her, the, the elasticity in her stomach is just mm-hmm. gone and she's embarrassed to wear a bikini. I'm like, you weigh nothing. You're thin. And she's like, well, in the right clothing. But if you saw me naked, you know, I would, it would be embarrassing. So there is this push in, uh, on Instagram to normalize a female body. And I really appreciate that. There are yoga people that are not, you know, yoga thin. Uh, there are weightlifter people who show that they, they're, when they wave their hands, their triceps still flaps. And so, you know, we are, this is a platform where the good things can happen, but I think where you were going with it and what I have personally experienced is comparing myself to a doctored Mm -hmm. photograph and feeling bad that I don't have that look like that, live like that, experience that. Yeah. And based on my travel, you know, how much I love traveling, this comes into play a lot because I'm like, Oh, I want to go there and stand under that waterfall. Like the 20 year old with 0% body fat. Even if I flew there today, I don't have the equipment to take that photograph. I don't have body to look like that. I'm not that young. My picture is not going to look like that, but I have this idea that it's possible and that I should somehow be doing that. Yeah. Striving towards it. Yeah. I will. And the other kind of stem off from my topic of body image insecurity is specific to social media in the way that we quantify someone's beauty or worth in the form of likes. Things either get hearts or don't get hearts or, and now we've created a culture of young Every not just females, men as well, um, where it's not necessarily specific physical body image, but just this self-worth of are enough people giving me likes? And they're constantly checking to see how many likes they got in the, in the next five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, in an hour. How many, Is there more, more, more likes? I need more likes. You know, I didn't get as much likes as this person or that person. Yeah. And they'll delete the picture if they don't get enough likes. Right. Yeah, that's what is really upsetting for me. And I'm, how could that not cause anxiety for anyone? I, that is a recipe for anxiety in the healthiest of mental well-being individuals. You just can't boil down your own self-worth or uh, your relationships with other humans to how many likes you get on an Instagram post or a Facebook post or I guess Twitter. Do you like Twitter things? I don't know. I'm looking right now on my Instagram because I was under the impression that they took the likes off of it. On Instagram? I read something that they like disabled the likes so that you couldn't see that anymore because it had become such a problem and the kids were suicidal over it because they didn't feel like they, you know, but on Instagram right here, I'm scrolling and there you can see the likes. Yeah. Yeah. So that blows that out of the water. Yeah. That, that would be interesting though to, it would be nice if they took the likes off so that you couldn't, 
see it? I I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Like, what well, it would point? completely crash all of the influencers, like financial income. That's how they are approached for, again, it's all about advertisement, right? It's that's all about true. companies. Yeah, so the more true. likes they get, the more followers they get, the more exposure they have, and the more promising they are to a potential company who wants to advertise their goods. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh God, that's so fucked up. I know. I know. I, I actually lost a job because of that. Well, I didn't lose a job. I, I, was a an assistant hairstylist on a music video and which I have no problem being an assistant at all. Um, I still get paid very well to be an assistant to a lead stylist. Plus you get to learn a lot, la la la, who cares? Um, so I get on set and um, the, the lead stylist was wrong. I'm going to be compassionate because that's what I'm working on. Uh, didn't know anything, didn't know how to do hair, had only been in the business for a couple of years. Uh, the music video had several black uh, dancers and didn't know how to properly flat iron um, somebody's hair, didn't know how to take care of black hair, which, you know, you can't just go in and start ripping it through black mm -mm. people's hair. You should be ripping through anybody's hair, but especially black people's hair. There's a certain culture around touching black people's hair. And he didn't know any of that. And I was so frustrated. He didn't do anyone's hair. I ended up doing everyone because they didn't trust him. And he just sat there and, and fuddled about. And in the middle of the shoot, this is the only time I've ever done this. I made sure everybody looked the way they needed to lick. I did all of the, the, um, everything that I needed to do professionally. And when my job was done, usually you sit around until the end of the shoot and then there's like a party or whatever. I walked up to the director and said, I've got to go. And the reason I'm going is because I just did every single person's hair on this shoot. And I'm the assistant. I'm not getting paid to be the, the lead. I'm, I'm not getting the credit to be the lead. And he's over there doing his own makeup and I'm doing all of the work. And the director looked at me dead in the face and said, it's because he has 500,000 followers and he's free advertising. Mm -hmm. So when he posts all of your work, we get advertising for it. You yeah. only have 600 followers. And I was like, I quit <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't matter how good you are at your job. It matters how many followers you have. That's right. And That's I flat out refuse to play that kind of game. And if that means that I don't get to do fancy shit in Los Angeles, then fine. That's what that means. But I absolutely refuse to play that kind of algorithm game in order to get jobs based on my ability to advertise for what I'm working on. That's yeah. not my job. My job is to do kick-ass hair and makeup, but that, but, but it's all changed. It's the all changed. changed. That's right. So now I'm sitting at home with no job because I'm being, a brat about it. <laughs> so you don't have enough followers, dang it. I don't. So everyone go out there and follow me so I can get work. <laughs> well, the other thing that this whole concept of posting your life for everyone to see creates uh, indirectly thoughts of inadequacy in all those people that are following you. 
Um, and I don't mean you specifically, the listener, just the general you, more so those influencers, right? When we see that beautiful picture of the 20-year-old under the waterfall in fill-in-blank vacation destination spot, immediately your thought is, I'm not living my life. My life is not as enjoyable as their life. What I'm doing is not as exciting. What I'm doing is not as valuable. It's not as important. It's not as fun. It's not as, uh, you know, whatever that you are quantifying that person's experience as you're telling yourself that you're inadequate and it strips away our ability to just live in the present and be really grateful for the things that are actually happening in our lives, which is probably really exciting. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Well said. Yeah. I mean, school is awful, but it's still kind of exciting. Um, I, you know, I have someone who reminds me all the time, anytime I get bogged down with it or frustrated that I'm doing something that less than 10% of the world does. And that's going to a, a graduate or a higher level post uh, a bachelorate kind of level education. And so I have to remind myself that that is exciting. It's exciting that I'm doing yeah. this portion of my life. It's so stressful and most of the time boring and demanding and I hate a lot of it, but it is still exciting. Yeah. And you're working towards something really fantastic. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm told. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I think that there isn't like a, a smooth way to transition into the ending of this because I don't feel like the conversation is necessarily over. There's so much that we could dive in. Like we could splinter off into all sorts of yeah. little avenues from this, but it's a great place to start the conversation. Yeah. And uh, because of the information that you have shared with us, I am eager to put down the phone. Good. Just for a little while. Just give Just it a try. Fact, you know, today I'm going to go to the farmer's market without my phone. Oh, I'm so proud of you because I can walk from the farmer's market to my house which means if I break down, I'm not completely screwed. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Now it's going to be uncomfortable. So just embrace that. You know, you're going to yeah. think to yourself, oh, I wish I had my phone or, oh, I want to check. I don't know, whatever you want to check because we're conditioned that how way. how many times I, pick, yeah. I go to pick up the yeah. phone or push it. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. But just have fun. Farmer's markets are fun. And yeah. the more we have our faces in our phone, the less we get to have conversations with the beautiful people that are around us. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your research on this one today. This oh, was yes. great. Yes, you're welcome. I inspire to not be addicted to my phone anymore. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Look for this and other episodes on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Visit letsadultpod.com now for more information on episodes, how to support us, and where to follow us. And don't forget to rate, like, subscribe, comment, and share so we can continue to ask the question, are, are we, we adulting, adulting yet? yet? <laughs> <laughs>